So we spoke <coughs> about right, understanding ourselves. Why well, there's a different expectation of chesed for different people. And it's meant to be like that. It's meant to be that a person we're closer to, we're more obligated to, as far as chesed goes, the person more distant from us, we're less obligated to. The attempt to try and make everybody the same and treat everybody the same doesn't normally work. On the contrary, it means I don't show an importance or value to things which are really more important. And like we saw last time, the value of das. Das, the, the more I'm able to separate, means the more I'm able to connect. And if I, the inability to separate means that everything falls into the same uh, category which doesn't create more of a connection to one thing than the other. Okay, so that's why people we're more connected to, uh, we, we, we have a closer relationship to, people we're less connected to, we have a lesser relationship to, and really this mirrors how Kodesh Baruch treats people. He doesn't treat all people equally. Klai Yisrael, as you know, our own understanding, we know that Atal B'char He chose us, Ahavta Yisano, Tano, and therefore you made us greater. There's something unique. It's not even that Hashem created all people, but within that, that larger group of all people, and all the people Hashem created is taken care of. And all the people Hashem created is giving food to, and is giving them life. But then He's identified people He's more connected to. And He treats them in an extra special way. That's uh, that same idea of the idea of when there's more of a connection, then there's more of a commitment. And there's more of a commitment, there's more of an obligation. There's more chesed. Okay, and now we thought, I'll just finish with this point of our own understanding, the famous words of, of the Tamid Vera, Meshachar uh, Vera, and he says that when a person is judged for the chesed they do, so what Hashem looks at is how they treated their wife. Because because the, that since that's the primary, so to speak, beneficiary of a person's chesed, so it's going to make much more of a difference than a person who how a person treats his wife or a lady treats her husband more than a person treats other people. They're much more responsible and therefore the obligation and expectation is that much higher. Okay, now that's our own understanding of the concept. Now what we want to speak about today is how does a person answer that in a, in a question setting? And here it's very, very important to identify where the question is coming from. And I'm saying that because very often questions on this are things that people want to argue about, even though they themselves don't really hold about what they say. I put that in the category of Russia questions, and that is that a person just debates the issue to argue with me, even though he himself detailed agrees. Just like, for example, the same people who, who still talk about this praise Hashem, the same people who... Like, I can't understand why in the world we would bring carbonus and why it's not barbaric to sacrifice animals. And uh, the response that always is, and are you a vegetarian? And if they're not, so then they don't hold up what they're saying themselves. You also believe in sacrificing animals. The only question is, you know, what, what you're doing it for. So if a person really believes what they're saying, there's one kind of approach. If a person himself doesn't believe what he's saying, he's just using it as a debating point. In other words, then there's nothing to argue about. You yourself don't, you yourself don't accept what you're saying. So, when you, when you get to questions like that, the first question always is to see where's the other person coming from. And those people who always say, no, that Judaism is so exclusive and we don't accept non-Jews as our equals and we treat them differently to ourselves and that's not right. And where's the person talking coming from? What do they hold? Are they equally compassionate to everybody? Do they accept everybody the same? The chances are they don't. 
In terms of they don't, because that's not a normal thing to do. Most people will naturally gravitate to people who are more similar, more similar to them and have more of an interaction with that. And people who are less similar to them or people who are different to them or people who hold differently to them, they're definitely going to dislike and not feel the same way towards. And if that's the case, then there's nothing to, there's nothing to debate. You yourself agree the same thing is true. And uh, if, especially if you're talking to a person who is arguing with you on a religious level, so you should know that the other religions are much less accepting of people who don't accept their religion than Klai Yisraelis. We make room for a chassidah m'sa'ilam. We have even obligations to them. Like we say, you have a chiv to support them if they need stuck, whatever it is. Whereas Christianity or Islam, on the contrary, they believe that uh, infidels shouldn't, shouldn't be allowed to live. So... Yes. There's a basic level of living in Hashem. That's true. But they don't have to accept Yiddishkeit. So we, we, we're willing to accept people that are more distant to us. If a person's arguing in a religious nature, so it's, that's, uh, other religions are less accepting. Now, I'm not trying to like, weigh up Israel against whatever other religion it is, but it just puts puts perspective of what, which, which direction the question is coming from. And I'm saying this when it comes to missionaries, because one of the one of the if you're going to end up debating a missionary, one of the points they're always going to make is that yes, we have universal love, we love everybody, we love, everybody. and that's uh, that's an outright lie. They try to get everybody to convert. That's true. They don't love everybody, and the proof of it is if I absolutely refuse to listen to you, you're still going to love me. You know, if you were, if, uh, let's say I'm like, categorically I'm not going to listen to anything you tell me I don't want your literature but I still want you to love me so I'll still take the money are you still going to get it? no they, 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 what they describe as loving everybody is we're willing to try and convince everybody and we're, and we're willing to kill or befriend everybody in order to convince them but if you know you don't stand the chance if you know that the person is not going to be convinced so then whatever chesed whatever magnanimity a person was willing to offer before and suddenly isn't available anymore so that's just, if you had to use it as a proof, so you don't love people, you're trying to convince people. And somebody, a politician, who says, yeah, of course, I love everybody, that means I'm trying to convince everybody to vote for me. And if someone tells you, no, no, I work for your other side, there's no way in the world I'm voting for you. You're not going to like them anymore. It's, it's, it's a way to try and befriend people for a purpose. And that's not, the, that's not a real chesed, that's not really befriending somebody, that's just I want something out of it. Exactly what the Mishnah says. Yeah, but here in Barashas, be careful of politicians because they befriend people with Sarih So of course they're going to come across as, of course we care about you, of course we're interested in you. It's really self-service. It's what they want for themselves. If, you, if, if we could really be interested in other people, the people who are not going to vote for you, the people who are not your supporters, how do you feel about them? And that, once again, that's where we're going to see whether there's a real level of uh, chesed for another person or not. And that was what we said before. And therefore, by us, by Klai Yisrael, yes, we have, like we said, the circle of a person who's more obligated to. I have a certain obligation to people who are not like me, whatever you're going to call Dark Shalom, whatever you're going to define that as, yeah, and not even, trying, even if I'm not trying to make them like me. That's a, that's a, a, a clear division which other people will also admit they have as well. Yeah. And in terms of the idea of Gert Toshav, or just 
not in general. I mean, don't we have, if someone's idol, an idol worshiper, don't we have an obligation to excommunicate? We have to, have idol, to prevent them serving idols. But it doesn't mean we want to make them Jews. True, but in terms of how we treat other people, it's not like we're like, I'm not sure how you draw the hook that we're like better in a certain sense than Christianity or whatnot. We went into, we went into work with people and help people even if they aren't Jews like us. Even if they accept the religion. Sure, now, why to, do they, they have, to, have to do... Why, why, why Emunah? Why do they have to believe in Hashem? So that's really the... When we talk about based and punishment, we'll talk about that. Because even then, it's not the job of the individual. We, today, we can't go around killing uh, idolaters. That's the job of the based and we'll talk to Hashem about what, what, or how the based and works and what, what samchus, what uh, authority they have. No, it's not true. Where You're going to get asked questions about Christians and yeah, as well. No, I mean, I mean, if we're talking about basically a, a Jewish person, that's not, not religious. It's not observant. No, right? so that's, I'm going to say what I said before. The first one I'm going to say is, how do you feel about people who are not like you? Then I said, if you're talking to someone religious, then you're going to prove the difference. And if you're talking to the average non-religious atheist, so then the obvious question to him is, how do you feel about religious people? You're going to feel equal, as good, as well, so to speak, intention towards them as to other people who are more similar to you. No, they if they're going to be honest with you, they won't. Right. I think, again, even to a religious person, he'll, he'll say, if he's Muslim or Christian, you know what, maybe we are a bit like, you know, extreme about it, but at least what we're trying to do is bring them to our thing. We're sort of the Jews, we're a bunch of snobs who sort of, we believe we're above everybody else, and we're not even trying to get anyone in our private group. This already answered before, when we spoke about, uh, when we spoke about racism. Yeah. How useful is it in answering current questions to say, in principle, if they accuse Judaism of doing X and Y, for example, executing um, idol worshippers, or whatever it is, or a monarch, or any topic, how useful is it to respond, um, yes, in principle we say that, but we don't do that anymore? No. We, we hold the Torah's right. We're going to explain why it's the right thing to do, and we're still going to, we're still going to talk about punishment and Amalek and these things. You can never say you don't do that anymore. No, well, that means we regret it. We've changed. We've become more modern. It's not true. The Torah is right. So you can say it's, it's not relevant today because we don't have a base thing. But it's the right thing to do, and when there will be a base, they'll do it. We still give a moral position. 100%. Saying we don't do it anymore seems to say we regret it and we've changed. We've become more developed, and these were things which we know in the olden days people used to do, but we've moved a step ahead of it. If a terrorist says that it's right, we just have to explain it. We can't do it today because we don't have a base team. But if you want to explain to me, uh, you take the moral approach to it, I'll explain to you. Okay, so that's one kind of person. The same, uh, the same argument comes, and yes, you get asked this question about, uh, like, I don't know why it's necessarily leveled at Judaism, but you don't care enough about animals. You don't, you're not interested enough in animals' rights and animals' whatever it is. And yeah, you, why, why isn't there more of a concern for animals? Once again, you have to know where the question is coming from. If it's just considered to be an anything to argue about, but the question is the person themselves. How much are you concerned about animals? And if you want to take the argument to, to, its, uh, to its logical conclusion, if you find that there are mice in your kitchen, are you going to just leave them alone and put out cheese for them every night? You're going to try and kill them and trap them because you, you care about mice, right? And if, you, if, if the mice aren't enough, then what about the spiders in the bathroom? You're going to leave them alone as well and because you don't want to harm another living thing. Yeah. Where's the question coming from? We do care about animals. We have a lot of halachas. I agree, but it's coming from a, a point which I'm saying. The first point is, we don't debate the topic if the other person himself doesn't do any better. Yeah, but why are they asking the question? On which point do you want? On the kabbalists? 
No. That we don't see that Jews are big supporters of the RSPCA or animals' rights groups or anything else. It's just, it's just an accusation. Oh, yeah, we, we can argue, like I said, if we, we're going to get to, if the Chacham asks the question, we'll answer the question. The first one, you must know a lot of it is Russia questions, which means they don't hold of it either. It's just something to argue about. A person can say, like, yeah, maybe I killed the mice in my house, but asking me on you as a religion, how come you believe in that? Believe in killing mice? No, how come that you don't believe in, in protecting animals more? Even if I don't, it doesn't matter, like... I'm not also fine, but what about you? No, like if it's coming, if it's as a coming as a chacham question, then we'll explain it. If it's coming as a Russia question, which means I also don't hold of it in principle, it's just something to argue about. So I'll point to that. that you, you also agree with me that people don't do that, and uh, that, that's like I said. It, it, and the, the reason I'm pointing this out to you is because there's no point giving the explanation to the person who doesn't, who himself knows that it's that not a point. It's just arguing for the sake of arguing. That's more more worthwhile. So you, you also do the same. Like I said, when people argue about carbonates, the first thing is, are you a vegetarian? Because if you also eat meat and you also sell to soil animals, so what are we arguing about? It, 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 there's no point going further than that. If it's a person who really wants to know, or you're going to get that one person who really does uh, believe in animal rights and will leave the mice in the kitchen, right? okay, it's one in a million, but if you get that person, then we'll talk about how to answer it. But first you have to know who you're trying to answer. What's the point of the discussion? Very often that vegetarian or that person is also just that's what I said. You have to identify if the person wants an answer, or the person is just using it as a debating point. So we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. Good. Good. So let's we'll get there. That's the Chacham question. We're going to talk about that now. What's the difference? What? What's the difference? I don't know, but I, I feel like there is a difference. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. If you're into animals' rights, then that's a, an immoral position. It's easy to squish a bug like this. To slaughter a huge cow What's is a, a much bigger deal. You're looking at it from the point of view of the bag. Why is he being discriminated against? So now let's talk about the Chacham question. Okay, so like we said, the first way is identify what questions are worth, worth arguing, or worth discussing. Let's say it's coming from a Chacham question, which the person wants to understand. Like, if, if you're presenting this to me as this is MS and this is what Hashem wants for the world, so why would Hashem want it to be, like, like we said, that system, that uh, the, difference, the different groups, different categorizations of how important something is and how much you have to look after it. And uh, the, that's the good way to explain the principle of tachlis in this world. Now we're transferring to an, an, a Rukhni topic, but like we said always, the point of getting involved in discussion is to bring people to the MS, bring people to the Mana. And yes, if a person really wants to know, it's very simple. And that is, the more, and let's give a simple marshal, and that is, if you're talking about an army, as much as every single person is valuable, and we try to protect everybody, but if we understand ourselves that if a person is the general of the army, he needs to be better protected than a regular soldier. Not because he's a better person, he's more central to the mission. And that's why in any army, they, of course, the headquarters are going to be the best protected because uh, it's true every soldier is valuable and we need them, but we, we can afford to run the war if you lose some soldiers. If you're going to lose the generals, we're going to have a big problem. We're not going to know how to run a war. And that's what we're going to famously David said in his husband, Yannison, Eich nafle gibayim v'yavdu kleim ulchama. It wasn't just a kaisha lost the battle. 
They lost the leaders who ran the battle. And then they, they, everything falls apart. And therefore, it's not a question of, if a person wants to know the Chacham answer, it's not a question of that one's valuable and the other one's not. The question is, there's a different level of centrality to the mission, which means we have to look after some things more than others. And if that's the case, in Hashem's world, what's more central to the mission Hashem wants? And now we can explain. Well, Hashem didn't just create the world for it to be a, an amusement park. HaKadosh Baruch created the world for a purpose. And if that's the case, let's identify a purpose, and let's identify how central things are to that purpose. And we're going to appreciate, and let's leave the word Yiddish out of it for now, but we're going to appreciate that, number one, the primary, so to speak, purpose is those people who are serving Hashem. Those people who are serving Him. Hashem created a world for people to serve Him. The people, the people who are serving... Okay, no, everyone agrees. Any religion of Hashem created the world. And if not, we can go back a step and discuss how you know that Hashem created the world. Hashem created the world for people to serve Him. The people who are serving Him, that, that becomes a priority. Now, there's a supporting staff of people who help the people who serve Him. And there's, a, there's, there's an even more distant caste, the people who are helping those people who help the people who serve Him. And then there's things further afield, which are the animals. And if, the further back you go, it becomes levels of lesser priority. It doesn't have to be less important, it's lesser priority. And of course, if, you have a, if you're building a system, whatever is more important to the system's success, we're going to have to look after more. And if that's the okay, case, so what we're going to identify as the, the, the people who are more primary to the purpose of the world, have a high level of value in the system. Something which is less primary to the value of the world has less importance. And you can even go the next step and say, if you're going to assume, as atheists sometimes do, that everything happened by itself, then you could argue about is, is human life more valuable than animal, animal life. It is, it isn't. This, we, atheists, if they wanted to, could argue the points. But if you're talking about the fact that we would, and it was, again, if you need to, we'll explain it, but the starting point is, the world was created, and it was created by a creator for a reason, then whoever he made more central to the reason has more importance. They have, they have a more central role to play. People have a more central role than animals. And if that's the case, animals have a role to play too, but people are central. And if that's the case, this brings us to two parts, and this is what I'm telling you now, is the explanation of the two sides of how we need to treat animals. Number one, they were there for a reason, and not there to be destroyed for nothing, or harmed for nothing. So we can't destroy animal life. We can't be cruel. We can't uh, kill things out of amusement or for no reason. It is there for a reason too. And therefore, we give a certain value to anything living, which again, if a person doesn't have religion, they won't. If they're not animal rights activists and they're not religious, then there's a certain inherent cruelty. I don't care. What's the difference anyway? So as people, we, have, we, understand, I mean, we understand that we have a priority in the system. And if that's the case, if it's going to be a question of What's better for a person versus better for an animal? Of course, the person gets priority. He's more central to Hashem's creation, or the reason Hashem created. Whereas, to say that an animal has zero value, that's not true. Hashem created it too, and it has a reason too. And therefore, the way we, we look at the world around us is in terms of a, a, a scale of something more central to, to what's needed in the world as a higher level bias. And the same thing applies to people too. A person who's focused on serving the Creator is, an, is naturally going to be more, a, more, a more important, so to speak, position than someone who's just serving them. And therefore, that's going to, and again, but even the person who's helping them was also created for a reason. They're also part of the system. No, no army is going to just dispose of soldiers because they aren't generals. But they have importance too. But we're talking about a scale of importance, and we're going to make a scale. 
And therefore we give value to animals, we give value to people. We don't destroy things for nothing, we don't destroy animals for nothing, we definitely don't harm people for nothing. They all have a value, and this all comes from Mimana. Because if you're talking about an atheistic world where everything happens by chance, and nothing has value. Part of, part of the corollary of there's, no, of there's no creation means there's no meaning. And there's no meaning things that don't have value. But if you're starting with the point that, that there is a creation, which means everything created was created for a reason, that means everything which is created has value, has a, meaning, has a reason to be there. And therefore, we're instructed not to destroy things which have a meaning. But if it's going to be a question of how high, how high our priority of something's priority, the scale of priorities, how high something is, means how, how central its role is to play in the, in the running of the world. And so, when it talks about negativity, harming things, no, there's no point harming anything which Hashem created because He had it for a reason. If we talk about, about a question of priority in what we look to help or where we look to, or, or what we give priority when it become a, a question of one or the other, so then we look at what has more importance in the, in the, in the world plan that Hashem created. Like I said again, for the person who's trying to argue, there's no point going into this. They just want to argue. And that's why you have to identify if it's a rational question or a chacham question. If it's, but if it's a person who really wants to understand, why does the Torah give more importance to people and to animals? Why does the Torah give us more of an obligation to help a fellow Jew than a non-Jew? So this is, this is the, this is the mahalach to explain. This is the mahalach to explain. And then once again, the, it's, it's based on the side of Imana that everything was created. Everything was created. And, that, that, and the, the, the takeaway from this is that... Adam, we believe that because of, because of that, Israel believes everything does have value. We don't kill things for nothing. We don't destroy the world for nothing. If Hashem created it, then that's enough of a reason that there was a purpose for it, and that, that that automatically does give value to something. But if it's a question of using something for something of a higher value, so then of course it's worthwhile. It's doing something. It's, it's fulfilling a purpose which is uh, which which is which is more important. That's the first part I wanted to talk about. The first two ways of asking, answering the question, and that is either to 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 say that there's nothing unique about uh, for if the question themselves don't believe in the principles that they're espousing. So then it's pointed out to them, you're not being consistent. But even if a person really does want to understand this, that's the way to go. And now, what about the person who really believes that all life is equal, and the person who believes that all people are the same? Okay, so then where's it coming from? And normally, you're going to believe, a person who believes that. It's coming from a point of believing there's no creator. There's no creator. It's coming from a point and therefore we all randomly happen to be, so what makes one thing better than the other? If we're all here randomly, so then it's true. What makes you better than me? Uh, if I'll give you a marshal to explain this. Let's say uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a shopping mall. You go to the mall, there are a thousand people there. So everyone's entitled to say, why is the guy next to me better than me? He decided to come, I decided to come. We all just happen to show up here. If we and uh, we all we all came equally and we all here the same way, and you'd be that's understandable and that's true. Everyone who chose to be there, there was no reason one person wasn't the other, and everyone there's the same. But if you imagine it wasn't a shopping mall, imagine it was a a let's say an award ceremony, and people are invited, and the person is getting the award is invited, and he's working, bring his friends and his family and whatever it is, and a case like that, you say one second, why is that guy going up to the stage? Why him more than me? The answer is it wasn't a random thing people just walked in. It was a set up in a way which the, the, the guest was invited, the speaker was invited, whatever it's going to be. And then why is he there? Because there was a reason for that. That was the way it was set up. And uh, if a person looks like the world, like a free-for-all, then they could be forgiven for thinking that everyone's the same. 
I happen to be. You happen to be. It's all a quirk of nature. There's no reason for it. You can get so it's true. Well. Sorry. You can get up on stage and slap anyone as well. Uh, no, we don't do that. But uh, in a case like that, in a case like that, so then it's true. If that's your starting point, then everyone is equal. But if the starting point is nothing was no, nothing mm-hmm. happened to be just by accident. Everything was here. It was invited to be here. I call Muslim and Muslim. Everyone was invited to be here and given the job they were meant to have. So I'm not going to ask at a wedding, how come that guy's at the head table and I'm sitting over here? If he was invited to sit there, obviously he has some reason to be there. And I wasn't, and I don't. And it's the same thing over here. If we're invited to this world, which means we're created here for a reason, so then based on what the reason the person has is the, is the importance, the level of importance we're going to give them. I didn't even go into that. I, that would be the follow-up question. That's the follow-up question. I said that if the creator created people, so then the people he needs the most are the people who are serving him. Now, if we're going to debate what's the right, who, who, who are those people, we can talk about that. That's a separate point. The argument you just previously said was the fact that, that we're not forcing our living on anyone. That, that might be true in the fact that we're not going around saying we're going to blow you up, but we are making you lower class because you're not Jewish. Meaning, okay, we already answered that. this question. It was the very first question we spoke about racism. And we said it's not lower class because you can join. Like we said before, there's no, there's no, there's no uh, kilo barrier that you can't become That's part. Apparently, an argument with what you just said. You said that we're not forcing anyone to join. You're right, but you're lower class until you join. No, we do this. We, 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 we do this, do this. I, 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 and we're not answering that because I'm not, I'm not punishing someone for being where they be. And like I said, it's not that therefore I'm going to. I feel that they don't have a value in the world because they're not like me. They do. But until they're not like you, they're not equal. They're meaning they're less than you. 100%. So that no. apparently... No. Uh, we said before that other the religions who hold it are that people who don't accept religion should be killed. That we don't hold it. Yes. For sure. Or when they were able to do that, that's what they used to do. Convert or die. That was uh, how many Jews and millions of Jews in Europe were killed for that. We don't hold it there. We, we even have to help to get by him. And that's the thing. Uh, Gareth Oshav, like we said, someone who, who, doesn't, who, who doesn't believe in Avedah Zara. Just not going to talk about that. Uh, we have to give, we have to find this him. We have to give him stalker. This, this answer is based on the fact that everything was made by a creator. So really anything that serves him has more, more value. Okay, exactly. But what if this person goes back and says, okay, so I believe in the creator, just not your creator. I believe in the good. That's fine. That, again, once you go in this direction, it's much easier to explain. So let's decide what, who, how we're going to define what, what, how we're going to define a way of knowing what, what, what the true religion is. And that's going to, to prove it. That's easy to do. When a person's already gone that far, that's much easier to convince them. Animals are lower down on the pecking order to the extent that they don't deserve as much protection as humans. Why do we see that our leaders, David Moishas, they became who they were as shepherds? So they learned their skills to look after the That's exactly the point. And we said also, there's chesed to anything Hashem created. If it would be a question of what comes first, the person comes first. But if you're talking about the fact that is there a reason to Barachim will call myself, is there a reason to have compassion everything, then yes. Would it be more fitting for Dr. Moshe to have been primary school teachers, teaching kids in school? What's the difference? You're training for a middle. And it's a middle of leadership. You can train for a middle anyway. They became leaders of people. Why, why, should, why should children be the scapegoat? <laughs> this is like a reason why it's a What? This is like a reason why it's 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 a re
doesn't say that. doesn't say that. It's for a different reason. It doesn't say a guy. It's a Amar. It's a different reason. It's a different reason. It's a different reason. Okay. Another discussion. Okay, that's the next story you want to talk about today. That's the story you want to talk about today. There's just one more point I want to add. There's one more point I want to add. And that is that the... This is maybe a bigger discussion, but I just want to say it in a few words. And that is the... The importance of chesed. We spoke about Adavadim. The importance of chesed is it's there to build a reciprocal relationship. In other words, there's a mile of stalker, which is helping somebody who needs help. There's a mile of chesed. Chesed isn't just there to be a welfare agency. Like Rashi says in the Gemara, the point of chesed is to marry the Which means the point of chesed is meant to develop a connection. And obviously, depending on who the recipient of the chesed is, is how much I'm going to develop a connection with them. And therefore, when it's a question of where am I going to invest more in doing chesed, so the halakha says, of karav kodim. Which means the person closer to me, I'm more obligated to do chesed for, because that's going to connect, make more of a connection. So if I, if, I, if I focus more on my spouse than on a stranger, it makes sense. In terms of chesed, it's going to develop a closer connection than someone I hardly know. If it's somebody closer to me, and the chesed is going to develop more of a connection than somebody who I have no contact with, so it makes sense as well. And therefore, even without the outward until now, if a person had limited resources, and the question was, who am I going to do chesed for? So the answer is going to be whoever's closest. I'm more obligated to them, and also the, uh, as the effect of the chesed is going to be more. And that's not as I said for the time question. If I'm not trying to argue with the other person's value system, I'm not going to try to go into deep hashkafa. So the, the, the simple answer to the question is, if I, had, if I had unlimited resources, I would help everybody. But being as it's not the case, we're not going to start. So why don't I support everybody in the world? Why don't I support every organization? I don't have unlimited money. And if that's the case, what takes priority? And of course, you're going to agree with me that if I have two people asking me for food, one is a beggar on the corner of the street, another one is my own child, I'm going to give my own child first. And that's morally the right thing to do because I'm, 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 I owe more to my child than to a stranger. So it's going to be that same principle to whatever level it's going to be. And if I want to answer the question simply of why we do more chesed to people closer to us, it's partial. We have more of an obligation to them. And if our, if our resources are limited, then that's what you have to help first. If you have a chance of feeding a hungry person or a hungry dog, the person comes first. Yes, is it, if I had extra, would I give a dog also? Why not? I don't have an Indian that something should suffer. If I can feed everybody, why not? But if it's going to be a question of what comes first, the closer something is to me, then the more I'm obligated to it, so the more I'm going to use, utilize the abilities I have, whether it's money, time, effort, whatever it's going to be, in the areas closest to me first, before I'm responsible to for things further away. Yeah. The, the level of chesed I'm required for a Jew is more than the level of chesed I'm required for a guy. So we said, what's the point of Rebus? Why are the Torah making dinner Rebus? The answer is, but it's money. That's how the world works. I have money. I, 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 I can charge you to use my money. So why, why can't I charge Rebus? I can hire at anything else I want. I can, lend, I can rent out cars. I can rent out property. And I'm charging you money to use my things. So my money is also a thing. I can charge you, I can charge you to use my money. In, in, morally, there's not, what's wrong with Rebus? Why is it different to anything else I can rent out? The answer is that the Torah looks at it as a certain kind of chesed. 
there's a certain kind of chesed which is if you see somebody it doesn't have and that's why they have to borrow so then if, I, if I'm going to say I'm sorry I can't afford to lend you I need the money myself I'm not going to lend the Torah doesn't require me to lend money if I don't have the money or I want to invest no money I'm not, I'm not obligated to lend it but if you are willing to lend then do it as a chesed which means there is something which is not making the person deeper in debt by borrowing. So when it comes to other things, non, non-money items, it's not the same thing. Because it could be a person who has money, he just needs the object. Okay, so I can charge you for it. If a person's coming to you and saying, I don't have money, I need to borrow money, so then the Torah says, Give it, lend it as a chesed. Making ribis means he's going to have less than he started with. Well, he only came to me because he doesn't have, so I'm making him owe more. Now, business is business. If not for the Torah, I can say it's too bad. And this is the way the world works. I'm sorry. You want something that has a price. There's nothing morally wrong with it. When the Torah is saying there's a certain chesed, you owe Claudius and another Jew, so the Torah is saying there's a chesed. But if it would be something uh, uh, inherently wrong, it would be also to everybody. We can't deceive anybody. We can't lie to anybody. We can't overcharge anybody. That's morally wrong. Rebus is a chiddush. And it's a chiddush as do a chesed. Do a chesed. That, that applies specifically to Claudius. So why is the Torah not between someone borrowing because he has no bread and a very rich man borrowing because he wants to invest the money and make even more. The, the, what do you mean? So if I have everything that I did, because then he's so poor that I don't want to take away money from him, so he doesn't have money. If you have rich people who borrow money the whole time, because they have all of the money to hand up over here, they want to invest money in another... Okay, so once again, I'm not obligated to lend you money. But if a case is he's not desperate to borrow, the person is desperate to borrow, the person doesn't have. That's not a question. Whenever the Torah gives a rule, so you can say they'll find the exception to the rule. The, the normal case is a person borrows because they need. Shabbos Avedo for a If you can. But if you have a Shabbos Avedo for a if Shabbos Avedo is for a boy, if Shabbos Avedo 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 for a boy, Okay, so which is where I'm not even tested. If I go, if I see Lloyd drop something, I give it back to him. Okay, so except the Kiddush Hashem, do I have the Kiddush Hashem? The Tzchaz for the Kiddush Hashem. So the question is then, why not? It's not in the parameters of the Mitzvah. It's not in the parameters of the Mitzvah. The Mitzvah, like we said, depending on where the the circle I'm obligated to is, how much I'm obligated That's what I said. Okay, explain. Explain. That's what I was saying at the end. And that is, chesed works when it's reciprocal. See, so if I can, it works when it's reciprocated. If, if, if chesed is one sided, soccer might be one sided, chesed is not. If chesed is meant to, to create an interaction, it has to go both ways. And if that's the case, if it's a chesed like that, the Torah can only mitzvah both sides. So, the chesed which is reciprocated. As I can't choose your interest, you can't choose my interest. I'll give back your Aveda, you have to give back my Aveda. It only works if the Torah is going to be both of us. But if you have a category which aren't accepting the Torah's dictates, so it doesn't form part of the circle of chesed. In other words, it's the one way chesed. Then that's not a chiyav anymore. I'm curious why you, the last answer was only a Tom answer. I would think that answer is anything. I mean, just to say, like, who do you help first? Your children or your... A Tom answer isn't a bad answer. 
This is the most straightforward answer. No, not all time answers. I'm saying without going into Ashkafa. It's a simple answer. It's a simple answer. It's a straightforward answer to the question. But I don't, uh, depending on the audience, we're back to my slide at the beginning. Depending on the audience, is the one I'm choosing to use an answer. If it's just a simple question for information, I have a simple answer. A straightforward question is a straightforward answer. If it's an attack, so then okay, so there's no point answering it. You just have to deal with the, parry the attack. If it's someone who wants to know more, then don't stop with that because you can use this as a way to explain the bigger principle of Hashgrafa. Fine, so, so in terms of that incident, I think it also works great for Russia. Is there a reason that doesn't work for Russia? The definition of a rush is he doesn't want an answer, he wants to argue. So, like that guy tells us about the Russia, you have to just prove why he's being inconsistent. And now, when you do that, if he now comes back with the question as the time question, I'll answer it. Possibly, but the Torah comments have the guy. So, so those, right, so the rules of Torah is Mitzvah, is, is rules which are kind of Mitzvah about sex. Tell me about that's what we're going to talk about today.